Welcome to Boys to Men with Alex Salazar. In this podcast, I'll be helping young men become great men through the exploration of topics like health, wealth, entrepreneurship, relationships, and much more. The purpose of this exploration is to inspire action, allow room for reflection, and offer tangible tools to attack your weeks. Because I can't do it alone, I will bring in guests with a variety of backgrounds and expertise. My philosophy on this channel is respect through thoughtful dialogue and the pursuit of truth. We can disagree, but let's keep the conversations going. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to episode five of Boys to Men. And today I'm really excited for this episode because I'll be sharing one of my favorite stories that my dad has told me. Probably the my favorite story that my dad has ever told me and one of my favorite stories in general, period. So this is called Finding the Toilet Paper. Uh, a bit of context, my dad was in the Marines when I was growing up, he was in the reserves. And so this story is based off of his time in Camp Pendleton. And you'll kind of see as I, as I read it along um, what it's about. So uh, I don't wanna drag this out too long. So let me just go ahead and get into the story. Again, it's called Finding the Toilet Paper. Our third month in Marine Corps boot camp was spent mainly in the training barracks of Camp Pendleton in Oceanside, California. On our second Sunday afternoon, I learned one of the best lessons of my life, if not the very best lesson of my life, at the young green age of 20. It was your routine Sunday afternoon in boot camp, and we had been suffering some unusually heavy rains that February in Southern California. I think the year was 1998, but I digress. We were cleaning our M16 rifles, something we often did when the training schedule was Sunday light, or rain prevented us from training outdoors. My favorite drill instructor, drill instructor Sergeant Williams, loudly summoned me. Recruit Salazar, up. I greatly appreciated drill instructor Sergeant Williams. He was always fair to us. He always led by example. He treated us with a sense of dignity and respect, unlike other drill instructors that were in charge of us. I remember I quickly hustled over to my drill instructor and proudly responded, Recruit Salazar reporting as ordered, sir. He glared at me. I couldn't return his glare because that would have been utter disrespect. And he gave me the oddest and seemingly impossible task of finding enough toilet paper for our entire barracks, since we were completely out. Dumbfounded and initially confused, here's where the magic began. I could feel his glare turn into something more analytical after giving me my orders, something he was searching for in my eyes. He was reading me. He leaned over to me and followed up with now, I'm not asking you to think of obstacles. I'm asking you for toilet paper. Get out of my face. He read me like a book, or more cliche, he had seen right through me as I stood thinking of obstacles of how I had no clue where to find the toilet paper, how I knew that the PX where we bought our weekly supplies was closed on Sundays, how our gear locker was completely out of supplies, how I was just a recruit not the guy who worked at Camp Pendleton who was paid to make sure that all the heads or bathrooms were always stocked with toilet paper so that the 54 Marine Corps recruits could have access to relieve themselves, especially after evening chow on that typical Sunday afternoon. He took away my excuses by saying, I'm not asking you to think of obstacles. I'm telling you to find toilet paper. I'll admit, I was caught in that I'm not the right person for this job type of mentality. 
we all find ourselves in from time to time. And the next 30 seconds, magic did happen. I didn't stop thinking, but I quickly changed the way I was thinking. I needed to find toilet paper, and I happened to be looking out the window after getting out of my drill instructor's face. I kept thinking, find the toilet paper, find the toilet paper, find the toilet paper. I remember noticing that the barracks across from our building were empty. Their recruits had just returned to Marine Corps Recruit Depot to graduate in San Diego. I also recalled the saying that Marine Corps don't ever steal, but Marines do acquire. I quickly ran across the hallway that connected the two barracks and ran into the heads and found plenty of toilet paper. I quickly stuffed all of my cargo pockets with toilet paper and carried back as much toilet paper as I possibly could to stock our own heads. I felt as if I had just discovered the new world. Amazed and proud, I must have made several trips, but that detail eludes me now. After my Marine Corps service, I didn't become some senator or some Hollywood actor. I didn't find the cure to some god-awful disease. However, at the ripe age of 41, I could say that since that day, I've never been afraid of a challenge. I've never been the person that has ever thought, this can't be done, or I'm not the person for this. This can always be done, and you are always the right person. The Marine Corps, specifically drill instructor Sergeant Williams, gave me a swift lesson that Sunday afternoon that I will forever treasure. He taught me how to take obstacles we immediately create before simply giving it a try. So that is finding the toilet paper. And I think this especially resonated with me. One, when I first heard it, was coming out of college. So I was under the, I was in this, in a bit of a funk, thinking that, you know, I can never figure it out. And one of the things that prevented me from going after certain things like coaching, like starting my own podcast, like doing my poetry projects, was the one fear of judgment Two, thinking that, well, that's that's somebody else. Yeah, they're able to do that because look at all their their amazing accolades. Look at the way they carry themselves. I, I'm not that intellectual. I'm not that researched. I'm not that gifted. I couldn't possibly do that. But you can. That's the thing, is that we are always the right person for the job. If we decide to be the right person for the job. And we have to decide that because that is a bold, bold decision to make. And it doesn't always work out. But let's say you are, let me give you an example. Let's say you're attempting to do a 5K and you're used to running two miles. So for context, a 5K is three miles. So from two miles to three miles, you know, that's not going to be that big of a difference. And so you may make, you may reach your goal of, okay, I'm able to do a 5k. I feel good. Accomplished my goal. Hoorah. Right. But let's say you say, you know what, at the end of this year, I'm going to do a marathon and you're only used to running two miles. And let's say you fail at that. Let's say you were only able to get up to 14 or 15 miles. Are you better off now accomplishing your goal of running three miles 
or not accomplishing your goal of running a marathon, but now you can run 15 miles. I think most objective people, if they were honest, would say the person who can now run 15 miles is better off. And that's what so many of us do with our goals, saying, well, I'm not the right person for the job. You might not be. <laughs> if, you, if you have that mindset, right? And in this moment, you may not be ready. But if you give it 150% and you end up failing, that version of you is still going to be so much better off than the version of you who never even attempted to try to go after it. That person is the person who is respected. There's another great uh, quote called The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt. And he talks about how it's not the critic who counts. The credit doesn't belong to the, the person who's outside of the arena, who just critiques everybody who tries something. Um, the credit belongs to the person who's actually in the arena, who sweats, who feels what it's like to scrape up their knuckles, to actually go for something, to actually try, because you don't live your life as a cold and timid soul. You actually go after your dreams. And that is a lot more commendable. That is a lot more respected. I will never, ever respect somebody who makes fun of others and doesn't do anything with their life. Never. You will never get respect from me. But the person who tries and fails, hey, you got it next time. That's respectable. You know, the last thing is there's an amazing book called The Third Door by Alex Benayan. And he talks about how life is like a nightclub and that there's always three doors. One door is general admission. This is where most of us, the, the common common folk <laughs> fall under this door in that, you know, you may do things the right way. You may stand in line, you know, you're patient, you wait, you're just, you're just average Joe, you know, just average Joe waiting in line. Then there's the VIP line. These are the people who are born into wealth. These are the people who are uh, insanely attractive, who have just got every lucky break gone their way. That's the people in the VIP line. So they get to bypass the general admission and kind of do what they want. And then there's the third door. And this is where the disruptors go, come in. These are the people who find the toilet paper. These are the people who think outside of the box, who say, well, I wasn't born into the wealth, so I don't get to just cut in front of everybody. And I'm not trying to wait 10, 15 years to get into this nightclub, metaphorically speaking. So what's another way? What's another route that I can take? Oh, oh, I could, I could go in through the cook door. Oh, I could come in through the chimney. Oh, I, there's not just two doors. There's, there's actually another option. And I think that's what a lot of millennials and Gen Zers are starting to see is that it doesn't have to be either or there's, there's a third option. There's another opportunity to be able to become successful, whatever success means to you. And you have to define that as well.
Because for me, success is being on top of my finances, my health, my career, my relationships, my friendships, everything. That is success to me. If I am at a pinnacle level in all those areas, that may not be what success looks like for you. Finding your toilet paper may be something totally different, right? It may be something like getting over an eating disorder. It may be something like getting over anxiety. It may be something where you volunteer and participate in community service once a week. Whatever that is to you, define it and then figure out how you can be either the best at that or figure out how you could give back in the best possible way. So that is the episode of finding the toilet paper. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to, again, the only payment for these podcasts are just sharing it with one person. I don't ask you to share it anywhere. Just share it with one person. And as always, start with yourself and then try to help others. Take care.